Yeah, oh, absolutely, Woody. You can see it in, in, in his face and his eyes, and he's a yeah. hell of a nice guy. Nowadays into yeah. coaching, of course, he's the assistant coach with the uh, Socceroos, and uh, he's one of our dark horses possibly to uh, coach uh, Adelaide United or be their next Adelaide United That's coach. That's if he's even interested. Well, uh, could you, why wouldn't you be interested? But you never know. Let's ask him ourselves because he's on the line right <laughs> now. Tony Vidmar joins us. Tony, thanks for your time. Good afternoon, Dom, Trav. Uh, next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, we like to hit, give the hard-hitting questions on the round. Ball here, Tony. <laughs> you said you were going to be uh, nice to me. <laughs> I'm always nice to you, and I'd like to see it. But all right, let me just ask at the top of that. Get it out of the road before we talk about other things. Would you, if, if the coach, uh, coaching job of Adelaide United came up, they asked Tony, would you like to coach Adelaide? Would you take it? Next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, now you're sounding like a bloody politician again. Uh, <laughs> again? What do you mean? I've never been a politician. Yeah, well, we, spoke, uh, we just spoke to Cal V, and he said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, he said uh, he's, he's a politician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, um, whenever whenever there's a uh, a role like that, uh, you'd you'd be considered for it. Okay, that, that's all you're going to say. All right. Well, well, of course, you are the assistant with the, uh, the the national team in the program there. You are in Adelaide in isolation. What have you been doing in the interim since nothing's <laughs> been happening? Uh, not much. <laughs> well, not Carl, much. Carl gave us a pretty good idea what you two yeah, have been yeah. doing in the interim. Yeah. Yes, I've been uh, hitting the golf course a fair bit, <laughs> so uh, that's been that's been great. I've been working on my game, so uh, <laughs> that's been uh, a fair bit of change. It's been good. Has, uh, has it been frustrating though, not being able to do anything on the football front, uh, like a lot of other people around the world? Yeah, it is. It is. Look, we've been because um, uh, I have a. A, a dual role with the uh, with the national team. I uh, work with uh, Gary Van Egman with the twenties, uh, looking at uh, that next group of, of players coming through. So uh, we just had a, uh, a Zoom meeting for a couple of hours, talking about the twenties age group and uh, what we should do to um, still keep them uh, involved in some way. And it's difficult because some of them are probably. Uh, in isolation or doing a little bit of training on their own and there's not much you can do you can do so much video analysis but then that can get to a point where that becomes too much as well Tony I had pleasure I don't know if I'd say pleasure or displeasure uh, of having Gary Van Egmond as an assistant coach uh, when I was at Newcastle (laughs) what does that mean when I was at Newcastle right and all I would hear from him when I was uh, running up and down the sideline was Travis get back Travis get back well let's face it you didn't get back often enough is he still does he still (laughs) scream at the players uh, nonsense Stop. It's, uh, no, different. It's a different Gary. Maybe it's just you. <laughs> Maybe it's just you. Yeah, exactly. No, Gary. Uh, look, Gary's uh, been coaching for uh, for a long time now. So uh, a lot of the uh, those experiences, he probably looks back and. Uh, thinks maybe he can do something different to the next Travis Dodd. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's been uh, it's been good uh, having a look at that uh, next cohort of players coming through. So. Uh, and Gary's got the experience of uh, working with uh, the age group below, and also uh, in senior football. So, what does uh, what does that role involve with the with the under twenties in particular? Is there a lot of travel uh, involved? Uh, scouting players? Uh, are you scouting players both locally and internationally? Uh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. It's been uh, it's been quite good until um, the situation has has come up uh, with the coronavirus, but. Uh, Back in February, we headed to uh, the Netherlands for four games, three, four games against uh, the club teams. And we had a look at uh, boys who are based in Europe that we don't know. 
Um, and there's probably a number of players who you don't know because they've actually left the country at a young age mm. or, or have, um, uh, have a parent who's Australian and they were born there and, and things like that. So it gives us an opportunity to, to, to go as far as wide as we can at uh, identifying Australian players. Uh, and it's been good because we can compare them to the players that we uh, have been away with pre-tournaments uh, or pre-qualifiers and, and give us a gauge of uh, what's uh, what's coming through. On that note, <coughs> we uh, did speak to Fernando Rick a while ago, and I should give you uh, a bit yes. of a plug on this because of his son, 17, and I spoke to Tony uh, off-air, obviously, about this, and Tony did a lot of research. Unfortunately, he's uh, not eligible, is he, Tony? Because, uh, um, well, he was born in Brisbane, but uh, he's not naturalised Australian. Correct, yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, hoops that you've got to go through, uh, especially if you don't have uh, Australian parents. Uh, it's all the uh, yeah FIFA rules, so it's uh, it's unfortunate because um, if uh, he's anything like his father, he'd be a uh, a decent uh, decent player. And uh, yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. He doesn't uh, qualify because of his citizenship. Tone so that uh, tournament in February uh, that you played in in Holland. The mixed results there. What was the what was the outcome of the the players that you saw? Were you happy with uh, what what's coming through? Yeah, well, look, we um, we took uh, it was probably half a dozen uh, players based in Australia who weren't who weren't thereabouts in the, in the A League. There were a number of boys who we've had in the twenties who are currently playing A League or on the bench, so we didn't uh, take them with us. Uh, and it was more of a it was more of an identification tournament to see to see these players. Get them in first hand. Have a look how they're on the training field, then how they can adapt quickly to how we want to play. But then also to see what what they're like. Uh, as I said, it was more of an identification tournament. Uh, we played Utrecht and Twenty won those games. We played Ajax. We lost. Uh, and the first half we actually played pretty good. Uh, Ajax in the second half went to uh, two new levels and uh, uh, had a had a win. So. Um, we didn't look at the at the results of it, uh, but again, we probably identified a good four or five players in that uh, group to, to move forward with. Tony, this hiatus of not playing games for so long, has it put a spanner in the works with the all those teams and the national team? Because you're meant to be going to Argentina in June for the Copa America. Has it chucked things upside down now? Yeah, it definitely has. It, it, it has that... Um, Probably at the moment, international football, especially at senior level, is probably on the back burner uh, with a lot of, uh, probably majority of competitions around the world who want to finish off the current season uh, and then possibly go straight into their uh, their next season. So I think international football is probably going to be a little bit uh, quiet for, for a few more months. Um, and again, then if it uh, starts up again next year, then it becomes a, uh, a, full-on, a full-on year of international football because we still have four more qualifying games to to play in the uh, second phase and then it's um, uh, I think it's 12 games something like 10 or 12 games for the second phase uh, or the last phase so it's going to be uh, busy probably the the good thing of it is that uh, the World Cup is uh, November of uh, of 2022 so it gives us uh, gives them time to uh, to fit it in uh, but again it's all everything is so unknown because we don't know what's uh, what's going to happen with competitions around the world yeah, Tony, with uh, youth development, we saw uh, a few weeks ago now, I think it is, uh, the golden generation were quite critical of uh, football in Australia and, and how it's progressed or hasn't progressed. Uh, in particular, Viduka with the AIS. Uh, do you think that's an important program and pathway for our youth to, to be able to go through? 
uh, I think I was uh, quite vocal uh, during that time when I was in charge that you still needed that uh, AIS program there to uh, to help with uh, youth development. Um, a lot of people say it's a, it's a finishing school, um, but also I think it's uh, it's a younger age group that is there. So once they leave there, then they're leading into a league club. So that gives them you know a, a fair bit of time to uh, to work with those players. And I think it's critical, especially at that stage. Uh, two, three years ago where some of the A-League clubs started up their own academy uh, and they were fairly new and uh, we said that uh, continue on having the AIS because it would actually help the A-League clubs uh, with their academies, gives them time to uh, to develop uh, their players and then at some point you can phase the AIS out once the A-League clubs, their academies are, are really truly up and, uh, up and running. Um, uh, and I can remember speaking to um, it was a Danish uh, technical director from uh, Copenhagen and he said that uh, with Copenhagen is probably one of the better uh, academies in, in Denmark uh, and, and in the Scandinavian countries is that it takes 10 years for you to really develop your academy uh, and if you don't get it right then it'll take you another 10 years to fix up the problem Incredible so, yeah. Yeah. yeah Well hopefully one day we can sort that out here in Australia Well we could talk to you all day Tony but just before we let you go I know, t- I know your brother Rilio's back in Adelaide in isolation again. Have you dropped a kilo of tomatoes at his door? <laughs> <laughs> I asked, actually, if they could keep him in isolation for six months. <laughs> oh, brotherly love. You've got to love that. <laughs> no, nah, the, nah, the, the pomodori, so he's got the backyard there. Uh, uh, growing his own. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, Tony, it's always good to talk to you, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch, all right? All the best. Thanks, Dom. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Good on you, Tony. That's a former Socceroo, and well, he's been there, done that. Uh, He was uh, head of uh, the AOS before they shut it down. Uh, Tony Vidmar, and uh, he's a lovely bloke.